if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. I came across that saying somewhere in like the self-development world where people, you know, like trying to improve themselves. Um, but I think it's true. I think it's very true. Um, I think this time of year, um, this time of year is like, you know, the beginning. So people, if you're like me, uh, you set goals and you like write down, you know, what you want for the year. Um, interestingly, I was talking to some people in my community and uh, they were like, nope, we are not doing none of that just because of the last two years or last three years been really crazy, you know. Um, but if you don't set a goal, if you don't set what you're trying to go at, um, you're going to hit that nothing, right? So I was thinking about this um, and thinking like, hey, personal goals are good. Personal goals are good. Um, but what about collective goals or like collective spiritual goals? Because we are church. Started thinking, wondering like, if we are the body of Christ, right? If we are one, what would be that one goal that we could set? What would be that one goal that Jesus would have us set for this year, right? I'm sure if I went around, we'd have different answers. Um, maybe some of us would say, hey, we need to focus on evangelism. You know, all the evangelists in the house. You know, evangelism, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people, the prayer warriors would be like, no, we have to pray. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Just hear me, hear my heart. Um, you'd get different people saying different things, right? Uh, just because, you know, we're people and we have leanings, right? Um, and so I was wondering about this. I think the Lord was kind of working, and uh, he led me to a scripture. And so before we even get to that scripture, um, the name of my message is um, our one aim or our one goal. Mm. Revelations 2, 2 to 5. So Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to a church, um, the church in Ephesus. He goes to different churches, and he tells them different things. But it's like at the end of the age, right? And he says, I know your works, your toil, and your patience endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Now, <laughs> it's interesting that this Ephesus church from the outside looks like a really good church. If you read that, um, I'm going to just keep that up. Uh, this church is like, from the outside, it looks healthy. Yeah? They, 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 they have various ministries. They did things for Jesus. They labored, Jesus acknowledged they labored for him, you know. They were patient in trials and suffering. They even hated evil, you know. Um, and what I really like is that it says they tested those who claimed to be apostles and, and, they, were, and they were found wanting, right. And they, so these people were not just itching ears kind of people, right. From the outside, if you look at this church, it's thriving, it's doing well. But Jesus looks at them and he says, I have this one thing against you. But that one thing, right, to Jesus, it means so much, he's like, Listen, with all that that you guys are doing, it means nothing. With all that, all the ministries, for my name's sake, for my glory, it means nothing. Because as my translation says, you have left your first love. And so church, that's what I'm talking about today. What is our one aim? 
Our one aim is Jesus, our love for Jesus. All the things that we do here, that is, that, that is, the, that is the crux, right? You, when you're praying, right, it's to grow your love for Jesus. When you're worshiping, right, it's to grow your love for Jesus. It's possible to do all the Christian things, like coming to church, which is good. And I think it's the good things that actually, um, because you can say, oh, no, I stay away from evil, right? I stay away from, like, sin, sinners or whatever. Or like, I don't know what, what the thing is. But it's the good things that can distract you. Like, you can be reading your Bible. I remember as a young Christian, I think it was, like, three, three years into being a Christian, and I was faithfully reading the Bible. I had a plan, and I had, like, a tick box next to it, and I would tick it, an actual tick box next to it. And then I remember the Lord just saying, like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? I think that's my very first rebuke from the Lord. Uh, I was like, that's weird. I'm reading the Bible. But I was reading the Bible like a fiction, fiction story or fiction book or whatever, just to tick. There was no love for Jesus then. And that's what he wanted me to know. Like, hey, <laughs> I want you to love me first before anything else. Right? Why did Jesus... Um, why did Jesus Talk to them, so or why was this such a big deal for Jesus? Because it was their first love, their foremost love, their highest love, the best love that you can have. That's the one that they forsook. Meaning everything else didn't matter, right? And for us, as far as goals, read a hundred, you know, Christian books this year, spiritual goals I'm talking about, or like pray five hours, ten hours, uh, I don't know what other Christian goals you guys might have had. Uh, one of mine is to pray longer, definitely. But it all means nothing if the love for Jesus is not there. Everything else flows from there. Love for people flows from there. Remember Jesus when they spoke to him about like, what are, what are, what are, what are the most important commandments? Love God and love the neighbor as yourself, right? Because if you love God, then you love your neighbor. So that's 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 that's. What I'm talking about today, it's our main aim, our main goal as we go into this year. With all the other spiritual goals, I'm hoping you guys do have some spiritual goals, um, is to have that first and then everything else to flow. Right? There's no use you reading the Bible, there's no use you going to community, there's no use that you're doing all these things if you don't love Jesus. You're not pursuing a love relationship with Jesus. And I think... It's easy for me to say it right now, but I know as you go into the year, right, things come, distractions or, or life, you know. Um, and so as I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, Lord, this, this is our main aim. This is our bullseye. But I know life, and I know myself as a sinner, right? Any sinners in the house? <laughs> Yo, you don't put up your hands. I'm worried. I'm really worried. I struggle, right? So there's, there's all these things, and it's like, okay, Lord, how do I keep that as a thing? Because me as a person already, I'm very distracted. If you know me, you know me, right? Um, but I know just in the world there's distractions, right? Your life, anything could happen. I was like, Lord, okay, how do we, how do we keep this main focus, right? And it's interesting because I was talking to Lero in the week, and uh, as you're talking, you just realize, like, the Lord has already gone before you, what he had in his heart or things he was thinking about. That's what the Lord was speaking to me. I was like, okay, yes, I don't have to think too much. Lord, you've already spoken, right? And this is what the Lord was basically pointing to. Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 5, 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now leave that up there. Uh, 
Ama, for they shall be satisfied. Now, if you know anything about the hu human biology, biological system, is that we hunger and we thirst multiple times in a day, some more than others. But that's, that's, what, that's what, like, without food or water, we die, right? Food and water is central to our existence. And I don't think Jesus was just making this, this metaphor for no reason. So he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, right? What he's trying to tell us there is that we are to hunger and thirst for after righteousness in the same way we would if our life depended on it. Because spiritually, it does, right? Hungering and thirsting, right? Your spirit man, just like your biological, physical man, right, needs Input, needs food, water, right? The Lord was saying, in the same way your body cannot live without food or water, your spirit man will not live without hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And Pierre preached on this, and it was interesting because his angle was, if you want to be blessed this year, or what you, what you, like, whatever you want this year, Jesus has a different idea of what blessed looks like or what blessed is. And he went to this scripture kind of to land it, right? Now, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst of the righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, right? Now, he focused on the blessed part. Now, I want to focus kind of on the, on the they shall be satisfied part because um, it relates to how we keep our eyes on the bullseye, right? Mm. So, yeah, for they shall be satisfied. Now, if you know anything about you as a person, is that you are not righteous, right? Okay, actually, I'm not so sure about this congregation. But I know I am not righteous in myself, right? And the Bible teaches us that Jesus is our righteousness, amen? Jesus is our righteousness. One of the names of the Lord in the Old Testament is the Lord our righteousness, right? Now, we read that scripture again, but we're going to insert Jesus instead of righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, for they shall be satisfied, right? And when the Lord showed me this, I was like, course, right? Jesus said he's the bread of life, the bread of life, right? Another food metaphor, right? But he says in that same scripture that he's the bread of life. Those who hunger, right, will be filled and those who thirst. This bread gives you water as well. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making a joke, but like, it's when you come to Jesus, he says he'll give you waters of, li waters of living, living waters, flowing out of your belly, talking about the Holy Spirit, right? So how this whole thing works is when we hunger and thirst after Jesus, right, then we can be satisfied. That satisfaction part, right? Because the Lord Jesus gives himself to us, the bread, right, the bread of life, and his Holy Spirit. But I want us to look at an Old Testament verse. Um, I'm a hope I gave this to you. Isaiah 55. Okay. Come. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich, rich food. Right? Is that, is that where it ends, Amma? Yes. Um, 
That's talking about Jesus. Our aim, our goal. Hunger and thirst after Jesus, because that's what will happen, right? And this was a prophecy. The Lord is talking about what's to come, right? For, for, for us to aim and to hit our target, which is love for Jesus, our hunger and thirst has to be for him. We have to be like the psalmist in Psalm 40, 42 verse 1. He says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts after you. So my soul thirsts after you, right? Even his glory, right? Even his glory is not what we should hunger and thirst for. If you're like me, you want to do great things for Jesus. You want to be like, yes, I did that for God, uh, right? But that is not, that's not our aim. That's, that should not be, that can flow, that should flow. Out of like, yo, I want to know Jesus, I want to love Jesus. I, I like, show me, give me Jesus, right? It's from this place of hunger and thirst for him that everything else comes. So now we know what our aim is, right? Love for Jesus, that's our bullseye. And we know how, right? How we hunger and thirst after Jesus, right? So what I want to look at now is what do we do, right? What do we do when we've missed it? 2020 to 2022 been crazy years. Amen? Crazy years for everyone? Okay. Crazy, crazy years. It's been hard. It's been very difficult for a lot of people. In the physical realm. But how much more spiritually? I think we're coming from December and stuff. People went on holiday. That's always like that time, like, you find three people in a church. Right? Because we're enjoying ourselves. We're at the beach. You're at the sun. You know? Nothing wrong with those things. But I think... Those things, right, can, can make us miss it. So I want to say, if, if, if you've missed it, or if we've missed it, or if we miss it in this year, right, God is so gracious, he's given us a way to get it, to get it right, right? That love for Jesus, he's given us a way. Revelations 2, 2 to 5. Um, go next, Amma. But I have this thing against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first, or your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. It says there, remember. Yeah? It says remember. That's the first thing you need to do. If you realize you've missed this love for Jesus, that you've come to church, you've gone to prayer meetings, you've done good things, you've given, you've done da da da, da whatever, 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 but you've missed Jesus, First thing is to remember. And now you're all asking, like, remember what, Marvin? And I'm going to read this to you. Um, Somebody was writing about this whole thing, and he says, Do you remember when God first awakened your soul? Do you remember the excitement you had when he plucked you out of the darkness? How joyful. Did Did you dance from an orphan to a son, a dead sinner to a resurrected saint? An enemy of God to his beloved. Do you remember? Do you remember like you would run to prayer? Not to take your daily dose of spiritual medicine, because, but because of his great love waited for you there. Did you ever sing in the silence with the psalmist when he says, there is nothing I desire besides you? Did you stay up late to undress your soul before him? Did you rise up early to put on your, your heavenly attire? Do you remember? 
Remember the quiet mornings of choosing the good portion at Jesus' feet. Remember the glory that you saw and the Savior that, that, that you sang to when you were filled with joy unspeakable. Remember the time you invested in eternity when you met other believers to worship Him. Remember. That's the first thing you need to do. That first time when you met Jesus, when you're sweet, when you couldn't get, get tired of this Bible. If you're like me, that's why I, I think I got in trouble with Him. Because it became like, okay, okay, what? Just, just give me. Like I'm just tick, 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 right? That time, sweet, right? You spend time with Jesus, right? These other things are means of grace, right? That's what they call them. Reading your Bible, studying, praying, being in fellowship, right? Those are, those are, those are, those are the, the, the pathways he's given us, right? To see him, to know him. And then secondly, the first one is remember. Secondly, he says repent. If we recognize... And feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit about this. That we are strayed from our first love. That Jesus has not been our main aim. That maybe we have been going through the day, day to day. You know, sometimes you go through the motions. You know, sometimes like, okay, this is what I need to do first. And then this. And then, this, you know, and you're just doing it, right? That's also missing Jesus. Mechanically, you're doing all this stuff. We have to confess. We have to confess that to the Lord. We have to take time and be like, Lord Jesus... I recognized when I was doing this and that or that, like you are not the main thing. I was just going, I was just doing, right? And here's the beautiful part, and I think I mentioned it earlier. Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This scripture is probably one of my favorites. Um, I think it's, I think even when I was praying, the Lord was like, yeah, tell them about my grace and mercy. My grace and mercy. It's so abundant, you, we can't run out of it. Um, a picture somebody gave me a while back, or I can't remember who told me about it. It's like, imagine grace is an ocean. This could be a song, actually. Grace is an ocean, and you're dropped in the middle of the ocean. Like, sin covers you, but grace is the ocean. But here's the thing. The Lord says, we should come. There's a coming to Jesus. Be like, Lord, I missed it. And here's the thing again. I think if you're a believer, you love Jesus, but also he's still sanctifying you, you're going to miss it. Right? And that's why he says come. You can come as many times. Right? And repentance. We're talking about repentance. It means like, hey, you recognize, hey, you've been going this way. You've been doing your own thing maybe. Right? And you're saying, okay, I recognize. But Jesus, I'm sorry, I confess, and you turn and start going this other way. Right? And that's what I want to encourage this church. It's a new year. Right? 2020, 2022. I don't know why I'm thinking like that. That is the thing, and then it's going to change. I don't know. But it felt like very difficult times. And I know um, for me personally, and I know for some others that I've spoken to, like, there's been times we've missed Jesus. I'm talking even prayer times and you're still missing Jesus. Right? I like that this, this um, well, the, the Revelation scripture talks about um, they had left their first love. Right? And uh, it's interesting, God gives us the antidote to that. Lastly, um, as a last point to how um, to get back, he says return. Right? And do the works that you did at first. Um, but I think it's more about your heart and your heart posture. 
Remember God, you can do, you can do the works, but your heart is not, not stirred. Your heart is like, ah, yeah, you know? And I know we get there sometimes. And so, I would encourage you to press in. Press in to those means of grace. I think those are good. You know, the normal ones, like be in your word, right? Be in your word more this year, right? Remember what we said, hunger and thirst, right? Like your life depending on it, because your spiritual life does. So be in your word a lot more. Be in prayer a lot more, right? Those, those, are, those are the means to get to Jesus. Be in fellowship a lot more, right? But here's the thing. There's other things as well. Jesus is so good. Like, I know some people who say when they walk on the mountain and they experience Jesus. And I'm like, I love that. I'm not, I'm not built like that. I think I'm different. But, like, I love that, right? And if that's for you, I encourage you to do that. If, that's, if, that, if when you walk and do prayer walks or you go to the beach or you see or you paint, and that, that's that, like, there's a, there's a connection there that draws you to Jesus or, like, you know, you can enjoy Jesus in that time, do that, right? Because I feel like that also is a means of grace. Some of us, I know there's a, there's a guy, I forget what his name was, um, but I think he was like an Olympic winner. And he would say like when he runs, he'd feel the joy of the Lord. And he used to win these races all the time. I can't remember what the guy's name was. but um, So yeah, so I, I think that's, that's what I want to share with you. But I want to end it with just the Lord's heart. Like I was praying about this and what to share. Um, I came across a very, I don't know, I, I probably have read it. Um, but uh, just like you know how the Lord works. Isaiah 56, 3, in closing. It says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate, or surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. So the scripture there that says, The Lord will surely separate me. Uh, my, my, my New King James says, um, The Lord has separated me from his people. Right? Sometimes you feel that way. Right? You're doing all the stuff, but it's almost like there's a ceiling. I'm not connecting with Jesus. There's all this, whatever, distraction. You can feel that way, right? But here's what the Lord says to you, if you've been there or if you are there, right? Or when we are there, that's what he says. This is the Lord's heart. He says, so he goes on um, to say, okay, don't say this, right? Because, and let the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord. Again, that love thing to be servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast the co- my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain. Right? Holy mountain, think Moses, think um, anyone that you know that's close to Jesus, right? Or close to the Lord, right? Um, they would go on the mountain and, and they will have that intimacy, that time with him alone. Bring to my holy mountain, make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifice will be accepted on my altar, Right? Talking about worship, your worship will be accepted, right? And my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Um, and I think when I was reading this, I was just like, firstly, that holy mountain part, talking about, hey, the Lord wants that communion, that, that quiet, that time with you and him, right? And also joy, joy, right? Those two things stood out. And that's his heart for us. He wants you to have that intimate, close relationship with him, you know? Um, and I think I want to pray into that um, Leroy, I don't know if you have something else. Um, you can come up as well. And I think, yeah, church, would you stand? Would you stand? Um, I want to give you guys time. Because I had uh, to go through those three uh, at the end. You and the Lord just now. Like, um, give you maybe three minutes. 
three minutes, just be with the Lord, think about what I just spoke, um, think about um, if there's repentance, there's remembrance, re repentance, and return that's required. Um, yeah.